Hi. Welcome to Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 78. Patty, patty, buke, buke. I hope you live in a world where you didn't know or cared that CNN fired their media correspondent, Brian Stelter, this week. He's a chubby, seemingly untalented individual, but he did have a major show on the network. And I wanted to watch his last show because he did the show after he knew he was fired. And I was really hoping he would give a whole bunch of fuck yous to the world. But it was disappointing. He spent the hour talking about how important journalism is. And in fact, it's more important today than ever. And also that journalism is under attack like never before. People have never doubted media like this before. Horrors. But this stupid shit that he said as he was fading away, I've heard over and over again. First, they keep telling me that journalists are more important now than ever before. And that's obviously moronic. They're literally less important than ever before. We have so many ways to access live accounts of stories from across the world through the internet and social media. Having a central repository of those stories that we should listen to has become more obsolete than ever before. I mean, back in the day, he said, sounding as old as he is, back in the day, (laughs) you watched the local news for three things. The weather forecast, which now updates on my phone every three minutes. The local sports results, which if you give a shit are sent to your phone in real time. And then some cute animal videos, like squirrels water skiing but that's now probably the top trending feed on tiktok after underage girls dancing in bikinis but you scream you and brian stelter there's so much disinformation now there was a time when we all trusted the major news media and that's eroded recently i keep getting told that we have less trust in news media now since Donald Trump started calling out the fake news, which he didn't even invent. He said he did, but that's also fake news. But anyway, it's completely ridiculous. Most people have always distrusted the news media. It's always been clear to independently-minded humans that taking the word from a government-sanctioned or corporate entity about what is the true story would be idiotic. So last night, coincidentally, I also watched Tomorrow Never Dies, which is one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies. And the bad guy in the movie is a media mogul, clearly based on Ted Turner, who created CNN, and also Rupert Murdoch, who created Fox News. And this media mogul was doing bad things. He was creating wars and news just to cover it and make millions. Ha ha ha. That was 1997. That theme goes throughout movie history. Broadcast news movie from 1987 is about how vapid and self-aggrandizing network television is. The movie Network from 1976. The lead anchor goes insane starts yelling about the disgusting nature of current culture and becomes a cult-slash-religious hero. These movies are fuck old, but if you watch them today, it feels like they watched some Fox and CNN before they wrote the scripts. Back in 1940, His Girl Friday, great movie, one of my favorites. 
It's a screwball comedy with the great Cary Grant playing a news editor who will lie about anything to push his profits and get his political candidates that he wants. And it's funny because it's so obviously true. The movie Citizen Kane of 1941, which is one of the greatest movies of all time, is about a newspaper mogul who controls the world's politics and destroys his political enemies, publishing whatever he wants. It was based on the real William Randolph Hearst, one of America's most famous newspaper owners, who also famously told the photographer, you furnish the pictures and I'll provide the war. I mean, shit, there's a reason that if you have a party tonight where you say, name as many Nazis as you can, which is always a good party trick. Somewhere right after Hitler, you're going to come up with Joseph Goebbels. And what was Goebbels' job was Minister of Propaganda, selling the war and the Nazi viewpoint through media. I'm sure that this goes all the way back to the town crier. The town crier whose job was to pronounce the news in the town square. I will bet everyone thought he was a fucking asshole shill for the government. And in fact, the town crier was considered an officer of the royal court. He's like, hear ye, hear ye. It shall be known that the king is doing well and in charge of all his faculties, despite falling down several times while climbing the stairs of the royal ship and falling off his royal bicycle. Also... Do not be alarmed by the boils forming on your arms. His Highness's wizard, Antonio Fauci, suggests you simply cover your mouths with masks, sit at home, and await further instruction. (laughs) That's my town crier impression, which is not going to go anywhere. So we've always been wary of news media, and rightly so. I mean, Trunk is a fucktard, and he would complain about the news and wield it. But it's silly to complain that this is a new era of mistrust for the news media. And I've tried to make this point over and over, and everyone always comes up with the same answer. But, 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 Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite? And yes, Walter Cronkite was a steadying voice as an anchor for CBS for many, many years. And everyone thinks of him as just delivering the news without his personal bias. That's the way it is, he would say, and that's uh, fake news. Besides Cronkite famously getting choked up when reporting JFK's death, he also delivered a commentary about the Vietnam War in 1968 on television in which he suggested that it was a war we could not win. And there are actually some historians who suggest that this commentary resulted in Lyndon Johnson deciding not to run for re-election as president because... As he was reported to say, if I've lost Cronkite, then I've lost Middle America. By the way, my Lyndon Johnson imitation is about as good as my town crier one. Anyway, whether any of that is true or not, it's true or not, it's certainly the case that Cronkite was not an unbiased presenter of the news. And the decisions of what counted as worthy news for his 30-minute broadcast each night were also likely not done purely on apolitical grounds. We've never had a media that was unbiased to the presentation. So how do you solve this? One way is to get multiple people with multiple biases to present their views. 
However, one of the, the things we note most horrifying at the current era of news media is that different factions are left to their own media platforms and there's little crosstalk. The crazy right-wingers are just watching Fox News and Newsmax. The crazy left-wingers can watch CNN or MSNBC. And of course, this information isolation is awful and drives us further apart. And I find this concern funny because that didn't always be, was that wasn't always the case. That I was going to say that didn't always be the case. <sighs> Too much tequila on this one. All right, it used to be that most popular news programs actually included multiple perspectives where they were debating on issues. CNN had a very popular show called Crossfire, which pitted the left wing and the right wing adversaries, and they discussed the issues. Did you know that Tucker Carlson was actually one of the hosts of the show? That's right. Tucker Carlson was a CNN pundit. He was a douche with a bow tie, but at least he had someone on the other side of the desk questioning his statements. The other guy was a douche too, but at least they were questioning each other. Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity also started out on a show, it was actually on Fox, called Hannity and Combs. It's pitted Hannity against a liberal named Alan Combs, and each night they would discuss the day's issues. One of my favorite shows of all time was a show called The McLaughlin Group, which ran on PBS for 30-some years, and the moderator, John McLaughlin, would question four commentators, two from the left, two from the right, on issues of the day. And yes, everyone disagreed, everyone argued, and there was no clear answer at the end of any of these shows, even though John McLaughlin was famous for telling his commentators that they were all incorrect. The point is that you got multiple perspectives and then you could decide for yourself on what made most sense to you. For some reason, this type of antagonistic approach to discussing the news got a bad rap. It was extremely popular and then disappeared. One of the death knells for this genre came from a famous episode of Crossfire in 2004 with our boy Tucker Carlson uh, and former Clinton campaign advisor Paul Begala. I think that's who was on the other side. Their special guest was John Stewart. And John Stewart at the time was the king because of The Daily Show. Stewart came on, he mocked both of the hosts, though mostly Tucker. And then he urged them to stop the arguments. And here's what he said. I'm quoting, it's hurting America. Here's what I wanted to tell you guys. Stop. You have a responsibility to the public discourse. You fail miserably. So the political debate show ended. There's still a couple debates that end up on like Sunday mornings with fat Chris Christie and fat Donna Brazil. But for the most part, everyone crawled back to their corners. So now, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity have their own shows each night where they only talk to guests who agree with them. Paul Begala, who is on Crossfire, is still on CNN, where everyone on the panel will say the same thing as him. There are rarely any real debates on news media. And if there are, the host, whether it's Tucker or Don Lemon, can shout down or cancel their opponent. 
we traded in a lack of civil discourse for a lack of discourse. Does anybody think that put us in a better place? It's funny, at the same time we got rid of the debate in news shows, debate in sports shows became more and more popular. The top sports programs now involve arguments amongst the pundits about the sports stories of the day. Is Brady the GOAT? No. Yes. This is sports where we actually have scores, stats, and officially declared winners and losers. Here's where we want people to express their opinions and make their arguments. But politics, cultural issues, where there aren't really any clear objective scores, we just want to hear what we believe already. I think Americans have always had a healthy distrust of the news media. Trump didn't create that. But if you want to move past this tribal group think, we need to be willing to hear some people disagree with each other. Sometimes a loud, raucous, uncomfortable disagreement is more enlightening than a single quiet voice telling us what they think the truth is. At least that's what I tell myself when I'm drunkenly screaming at another person for their stupid viewpoints. Pass the tequila. Out!